We're thankful for God's amazing love. That's why we're here. And if you haven't experienced that yet, we pray you do tonight. You'll never be the same. I'm going to take my text from 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to start at verse 17. 1 Kings 18, 17. <clears throat> and it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of the groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. And then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, and cut it in pieces, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on wood, and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock which was given them, and they dressed it and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar which was made, and it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after the manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. I'm so thankful we don't need to get God's attention like that. Aren't you? What a display. Tonight I want to really look at the idea of approaching God. We're not going to hear anything new tonight, so don't worry. I'm sure there's lots of people out there that would like to have some kind of seminar to show you a new way. There is no new way. It's the same way. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so he expects the same approach no matter if you're Elijah or you're someone here today, tonight even. We want to remember that Elijah was just 
just a man. He wasn't anyone special. He was a prophet. I guess that made him special. But he was a person who had the same concerns about life that we do. He, uh, I'm sure, wasn't exactly excited about going to talk to Ahab. Ahab wasn't very happy with Elijah. But we're, we're going to look at a couple things that Elijah did here and uh, see if we can apply those, what well, we know, we can apply them to how we approach God today. We're going to start with, with Elijah's attitude. So he, he went and showed himself to Ahab, and we have to understand that, that Elijah was on Ahab's hit list. All right? A few years earlier, Elijah just let him know there would be no rain. Well, that, that, that didn't make Ahab very happy. And uh, it caused a lot of problems, as you can imagine, with a drought. So, so Elijah was putting himself in, in, in jeopardy to even show his face to Ahab. And we, we find that he does it because the Lord wants him to. Uh, the Lord went and told, told him to go to tell Ahab it's not going to rain, and that's not good news. Uh, and then he comes again and says, uh, we're going to have a little meeting up on Mark Carmel, and I need you to have some people meet me there. He could have lost his life right there. So we, we find that Elijah is obedient. Uh, that's one of the, the key factors here that we want to remember, that when we're approaching God, we need to be obedient. If we're, we're not being obedient to the Lord, uh, when we go to pray, we're going to find that those are the things that come up first. Uh, I remember when I went to pray the first time, lots of things came up. I, I wasn't obedient to the Lord. I was a sinner. And so when we, when we approach the Lord as a sinner, uh, there, there's some things that need to be taken care of first. And so that's why well, we have conviction, like we heard Brother Tom talk about. It doesn't feel good. About it. We can't approach the Lord unless we ha- until we have been obedient. So we, we follow what the Lord says. Another thing to remember is uh, we find a little later in chapter 19, which I'm not going to go to, but we, we find that after all this stuff uh, that happens, happens, and Elijah, when there's a wonderful victory, which we're going to look at here in a minute. He's struggling with the fact that he feels alone. He feels like he's the only one. And uh, I don't know about you, uh, have you, anyone been in a, in a large gathering and felt alone? Anybody? Yeah, I know. Most, I have. Uh, it's really easy to feel alone even when there's a lot of people around. There's people in New York City that are alone. Did you know that? They feel alone. They're not, but they feel like it. There could be someone in here tonight that feels alone. The Lord's here. You're not alone. The, the devil would like to isolate us. And he doesn't have to physically isolate us. He just has to get us to a point where we feel like we're isolated. And it can happen in a building like this. It's really easy for that to happen. So we need to remember that, that Elijah was also persistent. He felt like he was alone, but he was still willing to follow through with what God asked him to do. So now let's look at... We, we saw what the, pro, the, the, the prophets of Baal, that process was pretty amazing. Uh, they put on quite a show. They got a lot of attention. And um, it got nothing. 
There was not one thing except a mess. That's all they, they got accomplished, was they broke the altar down, they had a lot to clean up afterwards, and they had to move everything out of the way because nothing worked. So now we're going to start at, at uh, verse 31. And Elijah took 12 stones, according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two measures of seed. And he put the wood in order, and cut the bulk in pieces, and laid him on the wood, and said, Fill four barrels with water, and pour it on the burnt sacrifice, and on the wood. And then he said to do it a second time, and a third time. The first thing he does is he repairs the altar. So this is the process now. We, we, we see that he um, is coming to the place where he's going to, this is where he's going to sacrifice. Uh, where do we go to sacrifice? Right here. At the altar. At these, uh, these benches of prayer. And when we, when we arrive there, uh, we want to be sure that everything's in order. And what that means is we really want to be considering our heart and our attitude when we arrive. So he's put the, everything in order. The, the stones are in order. The wood's back in order. It wasn't just, he didn't do it in a willy-nilly way. He didn't say, okay, put the rocks here, put the wood there. He, there was a specific way. And that's what we need to understand. When we approach, the, the, when we approach God, there's a specific way to do it. And, and we want to be sure that we come God's way. We hear that all the time. I want to come God's way. Well, there's one way to do that. And it's with a broken and contrite heart, with, and, and obedience. And yeah, sometimes we have to be persistent. Sometimes we've got to stay there a while. Sometimes we've got to pray more than once. Well, he wasn't done. That was just the beginning. So now he's the, the process of preparing was done. So now we read in 36, And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Pay attention to this prayer. Pay close attention. Where does he point everyone's attention? And he said, God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. It wasn't Elijah's way. It was God's way. So it wasn't like he came up with a new thing to do. Hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. That wasn't hours of prayer. He didn't make a scene. He wasn't jumping up and down. He just got everyone to pay attention to who God is. We want to remember 
who God is. We want to remember when we come and pray that God can do anything. We want to remind ourselves, because we do look at our circumstances and they look pretty big sometimes, that God is bigger. Here is Elijah by himself. After 450 prophets put on a show, and he prays a simple prayer. That's all he did. Verse 38. Then the fire of the Lord fell. And it didn't just show up. God has a purpose for what he does. And consumed the burnt sacrifice. Now, remember the process. The stones were put in order. The wood was put in order. The bullock was put in order. And then he dumped water. Because the Lord told him to. The burnt sacrifice. The wood. The stones. The dust. The dust. And licked up the water. All gone. A simple prayer. That put the attention on God and not himself. We find ourselves all the time at the altar of prayer. Begging. Pleading. And where's our focus? Me. Me, my, I. Where does the answer come from? Here? No. The process is focused on God. It's that simple. Nothing new, anybody. You're not hearing anything you haven't heard before. We're just looking at another example. Elijah gives us a good one. What's our process? Under the dispensation of grace, we need to first believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and that the blood he shed on Calvary has a redemptive work that can change your life. That's number one. If you that you got to get there. And when you when you're not sure, it's okay. We're human. But we need to look to God and realize that Jesus did that for you and for me. Each individually. I I grew up in a church. I went to church all my life. It was more of a us thing. He died on the cross for us. It wasn't really for me. I didn't hear it was for me. It was just us. The world. He died for the world. It's more personal than that. Elijah's God was more personal than that. He wouldn't have prayed that prayer if it was just for us. That was Elijah's God that he was praying to. Not just somebody's God. So we have, we have a, a wonderful opportunity when we pray that we, we have God who will listen to what we have to say. We can come boldly before the throne of grace when you believe 
that Jesus died on the cross and that blood was shed and it has power. You can come boldly before the throne of grace when you know that, when you believe that. We must also, if you're coming to the Lord for the first time, we must have a repentant heart. You don't want to forget that. It's not like... Some people can get it backwards a little. I'm going to get saved and then I won't do that anymore. You won't get saved with that attitude. Because you need to say, already commit, that you're never going to do that again before you get saved. There's a commitment required. That's part of repentance. I'm going to commit. I'm not going to do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I can't do that anymore. And the only way that's going to happen is if I get saved, if the Lord does something for me. Then you're in a place for the fire to fall. You're going to have an answer to prayer. We want to be humble. So that's the process. Then we go back to the attitude again. Remember Elijah's attitude? He was obedient and persistent. We want to be humble and honest. Many times in my testimony, I talk about the fact that when I just got honest, God answered. It didn't take a long, drawn-out prayer. I just had to get honest with myself and then be able to admit it to him. And when he did that, he made an amazing change. Broken and contrite heart. We read that in the Bible. We have to realize that without God, we're nothing. We have to realize without his help, without the power of the blood of Jesus, without any of that, we're nothing. We need him. It, it breaks, it should break you to realize how in our human condition, we're lost. We have no future. There is no eternity for us that we are going to enjoy. Broken and contrite. And last but not least is that simple, that simple prayer Elijah prayed was so powerful because there was faith behind it. I believe Elijah knew that that altar and everything around it was going to be gone when he was done. He already knew that was going to happen. That's amazing faith. Amazing faith. We want to approach the Lord just like that. It's important for us to remember that especially even if we've, we've received answers to prayer before, God's still the same. If you're seeking something now, he's no different. If you're seeking your sanctification and you're struggling with that, please, you, you need to understand, God hasn't changed. It's the same approach. Nothing changes. He's still full of mercy and grace. He'll draw close to you when you draw close to him. Do you believe that? When you seek the Lord and you feel like you're really drawing close to him, what happens? You It's like you feel him just come right next to you. You draw close to him and he'll draw close to you. His ear is intent to the cry of our heart. He's listening to you. And he's not just going to listen, he'll answer you. It doesn't matter where we stand. 
the approach remains the same. He's still our Heavenly Father. Jesus is still our Redeemer. Amen? Where would we be without him? As I teach students and deal with everything that's going on right now, I don't know how I could do without the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Nothing to fear. There's a lot of people that I see seeking the Lord these days, and it's good to see. I love it. But we want to see you break through. We want to see answers, not just seekers. It's the same approach. Don't change it. There's no new way. God's the same. Look to him and we can know that there's victory ahead. The song is 488.